This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Phil M. Jones. He's the author of Exactly What to Say, The Magic Words for Influence and Impact. It's wonderful to have you with us. Thank you. It's a delight to be here. Well, the book is terrific. This is about word choice. It's a book about words. And this is telling you sort of exactly what to say and when to say it. And as I was reading it, I said, that only happens in the movies. They always have the perfect line, the perfect comeback. So why did you want to write this book? Was this because you were someone who felt that you never had the right words? Um, I, I think it was more the reverse of which is that one thing people would often come back to me with is they're like, Felice, you always know what to say in these situations. Uh. Like I had some kind of gift as such. And I was trying to reverse engineer and say, well, maybe it's not a gift. Maybe it comes through practice. And the very worst time to think about the thing you're going to say is in the moment that you're saying it. Yeah, in our day-to-day routines, what we are doing in our workplaces, in our home lives, we are finding ourselves having repeated patterns of phrases. Well, we certainly should do. And if you think about how people behave, maybe in their day job, for something they do repeatedly, what they'll often do is have a Word document on their desktop that they copy and paste and change as needed. Right. Yeah, when it comes to conversation, they are making it up as they go along. And you meet lots of people who have great attitudes, great work ethic, that what they're doing is prepared to be dedicated to give it everything they've got. Yet quite often the difference between those who are good at what they do and great at what they do is when it really matters, they have the confidence in knowing what to say, when to say, and how to make it count. And in studying that kind of behavior from working with now well over 2 million sales professionals, that was largely the cutting edge difference between those that did a good job and a great job was people having the right words at the right time. Okay. What was the secret? Um, there's never a secret. Like People are always asking for the secret in everything. It's more a case of just looking at it and saying, how do people react or behave? So I talk about the words in the book and I talk about them as magic words. There's no magic and there's no magic in magic. So I kind of like maybe dispel that myth. But what there is, is there are a part of our brain that's called the subconscious brain. And the subconscious brain makes decisions for you effortlessly day in and day out. You know, an example of which would be, say, last night when you went to bed, you didn't have to remember to breathe in and breathe out. That way you don't pass away. What happens is it just kind of is an autopilot. Okay. We rely on this autopilot, but we have kind of taught ourselves with word choices to respond in certain ways when certain things are said to make life easier. And if you can learn to talk to that part of somebody's brain, you can get decision quicker. And I think that's quite often what people are struggling with. It's not getting people interested in what they're about or showing passion towards what they're about. It's getting them to make that final decision towards their product, their service, their idea themselves, be it a job interview, a sales situation, be it just that they want somebody to come around to their way of thinking. It's the decision that's key. And if you can talk to part of somebody's brain that has no maybe, you can get a yes or a no, which in my mind is a decision. 
But I do want to say right off the bat, Phil, it's very easy to read and it's really <laughs> cute and compact. So it fits in your bag. Yeah. You could take it with you and very short chapters. So it's easily digestible. So what you sold me on I, no, you're, <laughs> that. You're welcome. And, and, and a thing that I really wanted to do with this book is, is I learned, well, the people are great at buying books. They're just not so good at reading them. So if That's I could true. write a book that in today's modern world is, is 14,000 words long, there is space within the pages, it reads easily, and I take a difficult, complicated subject to make it as simple as possible for someone to digest, they can pick it up, take 10, 15, 20 pages and learn something. As opposed to this kind of laborious, I've got to trudge my way through this book, Panning for Gold. I just wanted to give them the good stuff. Right. Somebody said something to me once, which really kind of stays front of my mind in a lot of what I do, which is that, is that smart people make complicated things simple for others. Whereas the reverse of which is that there are lots of people that try to take less complicated things to make them sound more complicated, to make themselves sound smart. This is a book that empowers people to find confidence in something that otherwise they would have had perhaps a little bit of difficulty with it. You read it, I'm like, well, I know that, but seeing it in print, it just has a different yeah. sort of feel. Is this book applicable? Is this more for conversation like this or digital conversation, the, email, all these phrases? Okay. Where it supports everything is in a conversation. And I think in today's marketplace that we're forgetting the art of conversation. Now, you can have a conversation over text. You can have a conversation over messenger. Or you can have a conversation over email. But what you can't do is like digest everything out there and expect it to work. It requires that game of tennis. I mean, we were talking off camera a second ago about the delights of tennis back in my country in England in, at Wimbledon. It's a great game because it passes backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. If it was one shot at a point, one shot at a point, it would be not pleasant to watch. Right. A conversation is the same. So although it's best positioned in a face-to-face -face conversation, telephone conversation, et cetera, the principles still apply to other forms of communication, providing the thought is this is to support a conversation, not to be a one-way pitch. I love that these phrases, they arm you for so many different scenarios. It's right. not just business techniques and trying to make the sale, but it's like if you're trying to get a new car, you know, money for a new car from you your parents. It. So many great techniques and tactics. And you mentioned asking the questions. If you're asking the questions, you're in control. So one of them is just out of curiosity right. is one of these magic words or phrases. So kind of give us a little bit of background on that. Yeah, it's very we, powerful. We bring that towards the back end of the book. And what, what there often is, is, is people give you excuses or reasons as to why they can't do something. And quite often they make you mad. A classic one in a business scenario is that you've just given somebody all the information they need to make a decision. Perhaps they even invited you out in the first instance for your diagnostics, your consultation. We're here in a TV studio right now. So say, for example, somebody was speaking to the production guys about producing a show for them. And they invited them out, gave them all the spec and the brief. You present them how you can help them and the price. And then they say at the end of it, we just need some time to think about it. Now, that set of words is heard time and time and time again in so many different scenarios. And um, it drives people mad mm -hmm. because it's not the truth. Now, what we often know is not going to happen there is that somebody's going to walk away, think right. about it, yeah. and maybe do a SWOT analysis or a pros and cons as to whether this is a good idea. They're just pushing the decision away for another day, yet they ask for help. Right. This used to drive me insane. And I thought, well, I want to ask like rude, obnoxious things like, just what is it? Tell yeah, me what it is. Honest. Like, why, tell me straight. Why you, right. But we time, don't right. say that because that's mean. Mm -hmm. And we've just told them how nice we are. So we don't. What we say is things like, I'll leave it with you. We're ready when you're ready. Right. No pressure. Get back to me when you can. Yeah. Right. Um, 
And that doesn't progress the conversation or the decision. It doesn't help either party. So I thought, I wonder if there's a way that you can ask rude, obnoxious questions without sounding rude or obnoxious. <laughs> and I learned that if you preface a direct question with the words just out of curiosity, you can ask whatever the hell you like. So somebody says, I need some time to think about it. You say, look, just out of curiosity, what is it specifically you need to think about? And then zip it up. You've shifted control and now they're obliged to tell you the truth. You can do something with the truth. You know, if in this situation here of a production company, them saying, well, we do have two other companies that we need to see. They're coming in later on this week and we'll make a decision from there. Well, that's okay. Mm -hmm. We can know what we're up against. We can reschedule a conversation. We can move it forward. But don't tell me porky pies. Give me what it is straight. And it's all about just getting the facts on the table so everybody can move forward accordingly. Right. And I like it. It's a benign way you're saying to be, to probe kind of a thing. C-Suite Radio. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another one you say, just one more thing. I got one of my best sales lessons from what I believe is one of the best salespeople that have ever existed, but nobody would know him as a salesperson. He's a TV detective. And many people listening in right now might, might know the TV detective Columbo. Yes. So Columbo in like 80s crime dramas would be questioning somebody to find out whether they did or didn't do it or to try and get a unique piece of evidence. And what would happen is that the person would think they've got off the hook. He'd turn to be able to walk away and walk towards the door, respond back with a just one more thing moment. And in that moment could invite a further question that captured the key piece of information because the guard had dropped. Right. This thing can be useful in thousands of conversations in day-to-day life that when you're dealing with something that is quite reserved and constrained and people are being defensive in the information, you can almost finish the conversation and step to be able to part away and then come back with your own little Columbo moment, saying the words, just one more thing, and find yourself in a situation where you can ask a more direct question to get a key piece of information that then allows you to further it from there. And you say it in very few words, so you just get to the point right. when you discuss these phrases. Another one, can I ask you a favor? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure it's for you, but, and you talk about how that but really changes everything. Um, some, you use something with the word enough. Yeah. You know, there's all these great, we, you know, I don't want to give them all away, but. And it's all about where they fit. So it's not just knowing the right words to say, it's when to say it, and it's how you say it and some tenacity and stuff comes in. So I've written a book here that if people take these words and then start using them in their conversations, it's not going to make them a bisquillionaire straight away. But the words 
have to have application. It means they take practice. There's also nothing in this book that works with all of the people all of the time. Right. Just works with more of the people more of the time. And I think that's an important thing to consider. It's not try it once. I tried it. It didn't work. It doesn't work. It's persist with it and also understand that there's some skill in application. So let's take, for example, the um, you mentioned the favor question uh, mm -hmm. point in there. Something many people are looking for in the world of business is how to get more referrals. How do I get more referred opportunities to win more business for my clients? And in a referral situation, everybody says, I'd love it. I'd love to have more referrals. And I say, great, you'd love to have more referrals. How many of you can confidently say you ask at every given opportunity? And people give me blank faces. I'm like, well, why are you not asking for the thing that you say you want? Because when I grew up, I learned that if you don't ask, you don't get Right. So I'm inviting them to ask and they said, well, I don't know. And I think there are only three reasons people don't ask for things. One is they're too lazy, bone idle and can't be bothered. Now that's going to be nobody that's listening to our chat right now. Mm -hmm. It must be some of the other people. So it must be one of the two other reasons. It's either they don't know when, it's a timing issue, or they don't know how, it's a mm -hmm. skill issue. So sometimes the when is the key part to be able to lead forward with the right set of words. Let's say we want to ask for a referral. There's thousands of times of knowing when to ask. Simplest little tip is when the other person is happy. People are happy in thousands of different situations, so that still doesn't help. But when somebody's happy, what word do they say? Thank you. That's it. Okay. It's that simple, right? When you give that gratitude back in the other direction, that's your cue to go. Now, think about the word thank you. What does it really mean? And people think it means gratitude. It means more than that. If you give thanks to somebody, it's because you felt like they owed you. It's the repayment of a debt. Right. So the best time to ask for more from anybody on anything is when they feel indebted. Thank you is your cue that they are feeling indebted. So that becomes your cue to go for referrals. Now you're wondering when to ask for referrals and how to ask. How do I say it? Right. Yeah. So the timing is when they say thank you. There you let these little things kick up and say, now's my cue to go. Respond to that moment in time by saying you couldn't do me a small favor. Right. Now I've got preconditioned yes before they even know what the thing okay. is because they believe it's going to be reasonable. Right. So that leads you into your request for referral. So this application is important, but the timing is, is key. So it's not right. It's not one size fits all. There Correct. is some practice with it. Final question for you, Phil. Have you ever been at a loss for words where you went, oh my gosh, I could not think of what to say? I was real nervous when I put the title to this book because if you're going to write a book called Exactly What to Say, you're going to get lots of people play fun jokes and things in conversation where you're expected to have everything with every answer at every point in time. I'm not perfect. Absolutely not perfect. Well practiced, but not perfect. And of course, there's been dozens of situations I've been lost for words. Many of them are where it really matters in here than in here. So personal sets of circumstances, when I've been asked to speak, uh, say the loss of a loved one or any of my kind of personal family events where you know, as a professional speaker, you're like, I've got to do a speech at a wedding. Right. <laughs> That's kind of weird. And, and, and I've messed stuff up as well. Right. So I think everybody needs to know it's okay to mess stuff up and just be prepared to be able to learn from it. And don't think there's a right way. There's just a good way and a better way. Are people constantly saying to you, Phil, I need to write this email. Can you, can you give me the words? Yeah. How do you say this? What should I say to my girlfriend or my boyfriend? I get all of that kind of stuff. People in text messages and so-and-so said this. Oh my gosh, right. Coding text. Is you that your it. business? You've got it. It's not my business, but it's like a little side thing I don't get paid for. But right. the thing that is my business is, um, I help people with their telephone conversations. I get all the companies say, can you listen to the calls of my team ah. and see what we can do to be able to influence it? And, and you know, I have fun with that. That's just a blast to me is to be able to say, look, swap that to that, ask that question there. You capture so that piece of information, use that piece to be able to make that recommendation. But it's never for malicious gain. 
It's all about right. just increasing efficiencies and you can't help people buy stuff they don't want to buy. You can just position yourself as the path of least resistance when a decision needs to be made. And on the flip side, do you get the same request for emails? Look, reading email logs, yeah. what should I have said or yeah. same sort of idea? And the common mistake on email is too much too soon. It's like shooting everything out in one go as opposed to allowing it to be a question. And here's a big mistake. People send an email and they say, I wonder why nobody replied. Yet the email wasn't a question. There was nothing to reply to. It was just a barrage of information. So yeah. make sure if you would like a response, your communication finishes with a question mark. If it doesn't, expect no reply. Thank you for being here. The book is great. Like I said, it's so easy to read. It's fun to read, easy to carry around. And um, I look forward to your sixth book. Thank you. All right. And if you'd like more information on the book, just head to our website, csweetbookclub.com, c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.